right, hello and welcome to today's podcast. Hopefully the music is playing underneath me because it's been taken from my computer screen a little bit, a little bit after 3 o'clock on Monday, September 13th. Do we remember how to do this, Alexandria? Um, you know, maybe I might be a little rusty, but you know, give me some grace. Okay. Uh, it's funny you talk about grace. I want to get into grace and kindness um, shortly. And by the way, I'm getting a little echo back from your end. It's my other headphones. Mm. It's my other pair. I can. I have another pair that I can open up, and we can see if that can help, though. So let's see. Um, if you'd like to do that, are you still able to listen as I uh, as I speak here? Yeah, I'm just gonna mute you okay. so you don't hear me fiddling me. around with the uh, okay. some things we got to get to. Today is uh, election day eve. Tomorrow or today is the last day for early voting. I went on Friday. We can talk a little bit about football. It was. It was a pretty exciting weekend, and UT lost at the very last moment. So really, Notre Dame almost paid them a lot of money to have UT come there and win. Some things that happened last week while we were off will set up this week, which is loaded with guests. we got to get Janet lined up for tomorrow, Wednesday. One of the cast members from Something's Rotten playing at the Croswell Opera House will be on Thursday. We'll do a little preview of Momentum. If you were already downtowned out, too bad. We're going back downtown again for the fourth year of Momentum, which are great arts, art installations. Um, I guess at the center point of Promenade Park and beyond all over downtown. That's very cool. Then Friday, as it's Suicide Prevention month. Um, hopefully you got a second to see my story that was done by my friend Emma Henderson uh, on WTOL last week. I really appreciate her uh, talking to me and I'm obviously more than happy to share my story, the things I've thought as dark and morbid as they were, uh, the things I've learned so that I'm still here. Um, I appreciate Emma giving me that opportunity to talk about all of that stuff during Suicide Prevention Month. But on Friday, My friend Megan from AFSP, the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention, as my longtime friend Rachel has stepped back from those duties, Megan is stepping up and it's always, I don't want to say it's a good time because when she comes on, we talk about dark stuff like suicide and death. Um, But Megan and I have great chemistry and I'm always happy to welcome her on and she will be on on Friday so that we can preview something I hope you're part a part of on October 2nd, which is this year's AFSP Out of the Darkness Walk as of right now, and I think in two and a half, three weeks, it still will be in person October 2nd, Saturday, back downtown again at Promenade Park. Last year we were virtual. Um, and doing the best that we could to broadcast everything, a, a normal ceremony, but without all the attendees. Um, last year on a really nice day, hopefully we'll have that weather again for October 2nd, Promenade Park for this year's Out of the Darkness Walk. It is often very somber because there are many, many, many people there, if not all the people there, um, are, they're a part of it because they have lost someone in their life. And I like to say one day, I hope we don't have to do this walk anymore because we have ended suicide. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. So I was way out over my skis when I thought I said something really profound when I first started doing that walk back in 2014. (laughs) Alexandria, welcome back. Hi, still the same headphones. So there's going to be a little bit of an echo. That's fine. That's fine. We had to get some talking out um, and setting up the week and and you and I'll connect. I want to get Bethany on Thursday. Um, You and Bethany on Thursday instead of Friday. But um, 
did you have a nice week not doing this? Uh, I think so. It was actually pretty, it was pretty busy. There was a lot going on. So it was a good week to, to be able to kind of focus, um, I think on the stuff that I needed to do. Although I ended the week, like I always, um, try to give a picture, an illustration of how I ended my week. And I feel like, like my car had no tires left. Like somebody had robbed me of my tires by the end of the week. So I just couldn't keep going. Um, and I don't know how much of that was like, you know, podcast is my self-care time. So being able to like take us a minute and take a beat and jump on with you and talk about stuff, I enjoy it. And I didn't have that last week. And so I was, I remember Thursday and Friday, I was having to mentally, I was having to put a focus in like decompressing. And I don't normally have to do that. Normally I can like go home for the day and separate myself. And last week was a little tough. Um, I am acutely aware that my anxiety has crept back into my life now that my Cymbalta is down a little bit. And yeah. I, I succumbed to it a little bit uh, last week. So I'm, I'm on alert and I might have to make some medication adjustments within a, a month or so. But uh, I had an up and down week when it comes to, uh, to mental health. There was some bad, as in drinking too much. There was some good. Um, I helped someone get on medication or at least make a, commi- awesome. a, a commitment to do so. And then I went out to uh, that woman, Nikki's uh, walk for her active duty son who killed himself on Saturday. Mm. And I got there at like eight o'clock and she's like in her beautiful English accent. Uh, I, I, I'm not even going to try to replicate it. Um, she's like, where is everybody? And I was like, Toledo is a very last minute town. And sure enough, as we got close to nine o'clock and the walk kickoff, it was a... It was a busy day and it was it was well attended and I appreciate her tenacity to try and um, get some things to change in the armed forces. Um, so no other mom, military mom, has to go through that ever again. And especially yeah. th- that happening on 9-11 as well. Um, but uh, yeah, that's some ups, ups and downs. The, the, the downs were down. The ups were, were very up. And not to continue down any bad news, but I have, I have some... I have, I think, what we will call bad news, because of where, where, and what we like. But I do have some bad news now as we kind of start the show. Mm. Um, Ruby, the downtown corgi, will probably not be here as we turn into the next calendar year. Why? Where is she going? So her mom has gotten a job with mm-hmm. the Huffington Post. Oh. So another, Congratulations, Mom. Yeah, to Liz. Um, Liz has been covering uh, politics, mostly state politics, for The Blade for three years now. Um, and she is... Last one left at The Blade. Uh, leave the light on for Mary Bilyeu, my food friends, because everybody else is leaving. Um, so Liz is going to the Huffington Post, and I guess that will move her maybe to Washington. And her husband, Josh, Ruby's dad, he can go anywhere and work. So sure. um, we, we don't have much time left with Ruby, and I'm, I'm happy for Liz. I like Joshua. I wish he were staying. So that way Ruby could stay, and maybe Liz can just go by herself, or they can get a divorce or something. Maybe I can cause a divorce. Uh, but but Ruby, Ruby will be moving on. Well, now I guess you're just stuck with Sonny. Who I've never met, because every time I'm down in Perrysburg, and I try to call you and see if you're home, because when I'm in Perrysburg, I'm five minutes away, because I'm always on Route 20. Um, You don't pick up in time, or or you're not there, but when I'm down there, I try to make a point to go see if you're there so I can come, forget you and Thomas, but Sonny, (laughs) Petey, and even even Kitty. 
<laughs> yeah, our household is kind of full and then it, it's just chaotic. Yeah. Unless we're like intentionally taking the dogs out, which I did do this weekend. And I, I and sometimes I will call you. So it's the opposite. It's also the same where if I'm with the dogs, I'm like, let me call Eric and we can swing by and say hi. Um, or like if she's at here at the center and I know that you're around the corner at the station, I may call you and say, hey, come say hi. But that usually never happens. So it's 50 50 if I stop by your work and you're there, but that's OK. Like today? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Busy day. Um. Yeah. Uh, so on Friday, as a, I had like 75 minutes before I had to be with Jen Wakefield. We went back to um, Ottawa Hills. Ottawa Hills always has us out to talk. And um, we got to speak to a, a new health class. The teacher that we would always see is now no longer there. She moved to North Carolina. I don't know the name of this. I didn't forgot this teacher's name, but I'm glad she had Jen and I. And um, we had a good talk. But before then, I had time to kill. And I'm like, let me run downtown and do some early voting. Mm. And it's not what I expected. Um, I figured, okay, I might have to call. Like, I needed to get some food to him. Like, but I can pass on food so I make it to the school in time. I was thinking that I'm going to tell Jen I'm going to be a couple of seconds late. Stall for me. I tried to social distance. In fact, I wanted to... I went into social not distance, but I couldn't find anybody there. The The poll workers were so delighted to see a human being, someone who was also probably <laughs> under the age of 60. Um, they couldn't be more helpful. Like, I could have gotten a foot massage. I could have gotten a history of voting rights for men and women and all kinds of suffrage stories from those poll workers because it was empty. So, I, like... Isn't that what um, Mr. Ortiz was saying? Like it, the projected turnout is going to be what, like fifteen percent, like that. just very low. Like this was this was to be expected. And I think you know you may be able to go out and vote and get somewhere on time on the day of voting, which is Wednesday tomorrow. Um, compared to early voting, like it, you're going to have crickets like when you're early voting. Yeah, I agree. That that doesn't shock me at all. I did, and I, I miss spoke on the air yesterday when I was doing my Sunday show that uh, you'll have to wait to do early voting on, on Monday. But I guess, you know, Nick Comives, Jan Scotland, and there was somebody else from somebody else's camp down there yesterday amid all the signs for vote for this person and that person. So you could have gone yesterday, but today is the last day of early voting. Tomorrow is uh, the primary, which I know this has been said before, but it absolutely has to move back to a normal time in the spring because mm -hmm. everybody is so caught up with so many things this time of year. Um, back to school. Um, and when people go back to school, I think that's kind of like when your normal schedule for the year sets back in. It sounds right. dumb, but football starts again. There's just too much taking people's attention in September. So one of the things that also surprised me a little bit, like I, in one breath, I understood that there wasn't going to be a huge turnout, but at the same time, like there, there was so many people that were on the ballot this year and there was so much interest to run, but that like you would expect it to be a kind of fall in line with more interest to vote and get involved. And that's just not. So why is there so much interest to be a leader and to be on the ballot and to be involved, but there's still not enough interest in voting, you know? Yeah. I thought that, I thought that we would have both happening at the same time. People just don't, they don't care about primaries. They don't care about count. And I, this is not to poo poo any of this, but people really only get like civically engaged to vote right. when the president's voting. And <laughs> I'm sorry, when the president is up for election. 
Right. Come. And that's you know that's exactly right. And and I'm I'm guessing even if I'm guessing that's when most voters most local votes happen as well because while you're there at the polls you're like oh I've seen that sign and you click that as opposed to a billion doors that Dan Ortiz has knocked on I mean I'm waiting I'm your I'm more curious to see the actual turnout than who moves on to the top 12 because I think we have a, a reasonable idea of who's going to do that and you bring up another point so when I was when I was doing the early voting I was like, there's a couple of names missing. I'm like, oh, I have to scroll down to like a completely other screen. There was mm. more people to, to to vote for. There were more choices for city council than there were people in the polling place. <laughs> it just cracks me up. I love it. I appreciate it. But it's 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 a little different. Like it's a unique situation in my mind right now. But it, but yeah, I think you're right. I think it needs to be moved back to the regular time, and um, we just need to get through this piece. And good luck to everybody. <laughs> Good Lord. The crickets were more entertaining in that polling place than the fucking candidate. Excuse my language. It took me longer to get my ID to scan than it did for me to do the... <laughs> no, actually, it took me It took me the majority of my time. It took me a long time to scan in, but it also took me a long time to make sure that I picked the candidates that I wanted because initially I just checked all the boxes of people that I, that I liked and wanted to vote for. But then I'm like, hold on a second. Like, we talked about a little bit with Dan. Like... Do some of these people actually need my vote? Maybe not. Um, so, because there's a couple other people, I forget who was off the beaten path that I wound up voting for, just because. And I took a vote from somebody else who I didn't think needed it. So I did. I did do a little bit of math with it, but I voted for Nick. I voted for Dan. I voted for Mac. Basically, if you were on the podcast before, you got my vote. And everybody else, it was a, a free-for-all. And while I don't necessarily agree with uh, a lot of what Alfonso Narvez, and uh, he's one of Cardi's crew, um, some of the things that he's looking for, um, I appreciate his passion and, and, and kind of open-mindedness. And he seems to have struck up a friendship with Dan, which made me say, we got to have at least one person on council with the last name Z or ending in Z. So I wanted to throw him a vote, but I don't think I could do that. But there was a lot of choices. Too many almost, like a, like a, a buffet of choices. And it's, again, like people barely know where you stand on it on a topic. And you're right. Like you're going to, if you're going to get somebody that's going to go in and vote, if they don't already have a candidate in mind that they know personally or support, because this is still Toledo, like this is still like a, you know, you're in a city where you likely do know somebody or know somebody connected to somebody, um, then you're going to vote for the signs you see. Like, you know, like, oh yeah, I remember this sign, check. You know, it's just, it, it is what it is. It's, it's, um, but I, I was expecting, I really did. I really did have high hopes. And I said, if there's a ton of people that have an interest in being on city council this year, then there may be more people that also have an interest in voting on the issues and voting on the issues that matter locally. Like, I feel like we would have seen an increase this year and we did not, um, or we're not going to. I didn't vote for my coworker, uh, Jim Cushlin. It was, this is what I expected. Um, and I appreciate yeah. his his eagerness and his yeoman's effort and, and putting his foot in the water, which many people won't do. And he deserves um, praise for that. But it's so funny to see, like, <laughs> I had never seen one of his signs until I think I showed up to the voting location. And the he just didn't have a lot of signs. Like, everybody else's dwarfed his amount. I only think he had a couple. <laughs> which is fine. Like, I mean, he's not backed by anybody. And, and, and that's fine. And again, I, I completely applaud him for throwing his hat into the ring and, you know, spending the time here on the podcast. 
But we'll uh, we'll find out results hopefully pretty quickly tomorrow. As we've already alluded to here, there's probably not going to be many votes to count. And um, I think Cardi will move on against Mayor Wade. And I guess he was running, a, he began a TV came, campaign last week. And it's, maybe if I were in politics, I'd do the same goddamn thing. But it was all copy and paste rhetoric talking about like the murders and crime mm-hmm. like and it's just mm-hmm. it's low hanging fruit and and i it had is. like several revelations one of which was if cardi was mayor in, in the last 4 years instead of mayor wade there would have been the exact same amount of murders because this is just what's going on because of the pandemic right now and it's the same in every city across the every major city essentially across the country because this is what happens when there's a city and there's a pandemic you know things get testy adversity hits and people start misbehaving but he's, he, I think he's also playing to his base, which is the same, like something we see nationally and locally, because uh, uh, I, you're right. It's low hanging fruit. It's, it's disingenuous to me. It's, it's, in, it's like insulting at the same time. Like I, I would be, I would appreciate more like a, a commercial or some sort of campaign where you're acknowledging that there was tons of rental assistance money that nobody knew how to use. And that's not going to happen on my watch. And we're going to streamline this and help our, you know, help out our, community and ensure that you know you don't have i don't know trash on the lawn (laughs) ironic that i'm saying that or you know what i mean like i I don't know just talking about crime and putting your hat on and looking like a union president is just not going to do it and it's it's just not genuine and but it's also on target on brand and probably paying to a base where they're just you know in the same neighborhood where there's crime happening and they're like yeah get them Let's go get them. Right, because all, all this vicious crime has spilled out into all the reconstruction of Summit Street. You can barely go to right. Colonnade Park without getting shot at. I mean, look, it's been confined to, to crime-ridden neighborhoods, which is now on the radar and why I've said, you know, the mayor should steal some of these ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both have read some great things about how to... How to fix crime. And, and I even read something within the last couple of days. I think I think it was another Philadelphia thing. Yes, yes, yes. I think it was an artist who was putting murals up in places that were going to be destroyed to draw attention to the fact that, hey, let's not demolish these. Let's fix them up and just put people in there. And maybe that exactly. costs too much, but it brings up a, a great way to solve several problems. You can kill several birds with a, a single, maybe very economically feasible stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But I did. I saw that same commercial and I just kind of rolled my eyes to it. But, you know, I don't think I I didn't expect less for myself. Like I tongue in cheek said a couple of years ago, if I were running for mayor, I would run on the campaign of less potholes, more pop shows. (laughs) There you go. Or my super tongue in cheek idea of I will pay you to not shoot that person. If you were about to shoot your friend, call this number. We'll give you 500 bucks not to shoot them. Yeah, I mean, you you and I differed on that, but like clearly, there's some stuff coming out in other cities where it's making a difference. So, it's a little bit more progressive than like universal basic income. But now is the time to try the well. Why can't we do that? Ideas. Gotcha. Um, another heavier thing, if I may. Um, I felt this a bunch over nine eleven uh, over the weekend, um, and then a, a sports writer that I follow said it this morning, and then I was appropriately corrected by by Vinny. Um, the writer basically said, can we go back to 9-11, at least to the sense where people were a lot kinder and nicer to one another? Like, we literally, many people came, to, so many of us 
came together and we were never more thankful than then for first responders and and beyond and that was true now i didn't i i mistakenly did not include in my social media output there that i know that it ignited a fever pitch of islamophobia and made things mm-hmm. terrible for our muslim american friends and people of many colors but there was kindness there where people were being kinder and more graceful to people that they wouldn't have in the past. People were more helpful. They'd help out their neighbors. They'd be more neighborly to people who were strangers. And while I missed missed out on, yeah, Islamophobia was out of control because of that. And there were some bad things and people were treated horrifically and maybe even violently. Um, I would say that a lot of that is still present, but now... Neighbors are at each other's throats mm-hmm. in more of a fever pitch than back then because while that was a terribly awful concentrated moment, um, this has now been well over a year and you have people who should be friendly hating one another because one person believes they should inject themselves with horse blood to be safe <laughs> and the other person got a vaccine that's been proven by science to keep you from dying. And <laughs> so again, I know... People, people of color have always been mistreated here. And, and we had a bad place with um, Islamophobia back then. But there's a lot of hate right now. that We, we are very divided right now. It's, we are. No, we are. And I don't... I always have to lean more towards, like... I, I wouldn't even say people like you, but, like, you know, folks like my parents. Because I was in the sixth grade in 9-11, so I don't know... Like, I didn't know a lot of what was going on after... What I did know, you know, that that um, we were kinder to one another and we were looking out for one another. I didn't see that piece as much, but I definitely knew that things were that like a group of people were being like mistreated and like miss. There was a lot of. I don't know, like I imagine, you know, in the Trump administration, when the Muslim ban happened, like I remember things like that happening after 9-11. Like that is what I can clearly recall compared to seeing like just general kindness from one another and people taking care of one another. I didn't see a lot of that because I was too young. Like, and that's shame on maybe that's like a child's brain and that we pick up on the negativity and the bad things that are happening more than we pick up on the good things or the things to feel pride in. Like, I do think that we had some of that during COVID though, like in the beginning of COVID when we were all in it together, I think that there was a, a, part of like taking care of one another or like I, I like my own neighbors I remember when we were all stocking up on stuff and we were seeing each other you know and I was like oh hey girl like this Walmart has toilet paper do you want me to pick you up some or you know just so you know this is where I got this this and this and they did the same like they were doing the same thing so we were like sharing that information with one another and there was just things happening where we were taking care of each other a little bit more, but at the same time, so it's kind of parallel in my opinion, like while at the same time, there's this awful, like nasty kind of behavior coming out of COVID and divisiveness coming out of COVID the same way that happened with 9-11, you know, like for me, it's, it's similar, but it's not similar. Like I'm, I'm not claiming 9-11 and COVID-19 are the same thing, but like it brought us together and it also divided us at the same time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you're right. The, the, the dynamics are as similar are, as they are dis, 
similar. And it's it's a bit of a messy analogy to make, but I do remember at least some of the circles that I was in, there was some really widespread kindness mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. 9-11 where you were looking out for people who, again, were strangers or whatever. Um, and I don't even want to put the component in there of maybe we like padded some police officers on the back who didn't deserve it because of maybe they, the way they were misusing their authority. That's a completely different thing as to, to where we are now with um, yeah. p- police. But yeah, you're, you're right. The, the, the pandemic has not been without kindness for strangers, but I do feel that it was a little bit more powerful and pervasive back then. And, 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 and again, Facebook is a part of this. The Internet's a part of this. Um, it's, it's different times, but I think... I we'll, do. Go ahead. I, I think things will be equally in, just in the way 9/11 shaped the last 20 years, the pandemic will con, will shape the next 20 years. I do remember like an overwhelming amount of patriotic like rhetoric oh, yeah. coming out though. Like so I do remember that, but I feel like even even then, um, which is again is sad, um, and now it's hard to have like this overwhelming sense of pride when you are like a group or closely related to a group where like they don't have the same luxury to feel that pride you know what i mean like the luxury of of gushing with pride with where you live and where you come from is not necessarily there because all they know is struggle you know all they know is struggle so um yeah but it it is interesting though it it really is and as an adult when i look because i've i've we Thomas and I talked about 9-11 yesterday and like it was a topic of conversation almost everywhere I was like for the last week, which is crazy because it's it's almost tradition at this point to like share your 9-11 story every year. Like you don't intend to share your story, but I'm almost always telling somebody where I was and what I was doing without being asked. You know, it's just that it's the conversation is somber in that way around this time of year. And um, obviously a new documentary came out just recently on Netflix about 9-11 that may be the best one that I've seen and the saddest one that I've seen at the same time. And there were things that I forgot. Like I forgot that people jumped from those buildings. Oh, you know, yeah. I knew it. There I is, knew it at the time, but I forgot. And there's it, a, it was awful. The terrifying photo of the guy upside down. Um I did not want to dive into any 9-11 content over the weekend because as weird as this sounds, it is still very fresh in my mind. Yeah. Um, even though it was already 20 years ago. And I don't want to share my story where I was. It's, it's, it's not my thing to do. Um, but I did watch a really good movie on Netflix on Saturday night called Worth, which was about uh, the Victims Fund. And mm-hmm. how it went from everybody wanting to sue to, I think, 94% of the people um, getting involved. And maybe this will get you get, get you uh, a little interested. So Michael Keaton is the main character. And kind yep. of like his uh, antagonist is Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci, so, yeah. Uh, my heart was pounding. And the last couple of times I've seen Stanley, Stan... Like he looks like he looks a little, little, a little weary, and I know he's. We're obviously we're all getting older, um, but wearier than I would expect. Even as I think he's close to sixty now, he might be sixty. There's just something extra there. And Vinny told me he beat cancer quietly. He did I had quietly. No, I had no idea. So that explains the weariness, I think. Yeah, he. I I did read about that, and I did see the um, the Worth trailer, and it, I intend to watch it at some point this week. 
Um, but yeah, I, I did see that he had beat cancer and it really makes you think like, see, I, I think you and I both enjoy Stanley Tucci a, a lot. And, um, it reminds me of Chadwick Boseman when we just found out he passed after he passed and nobody even knew he was sick. Like it would have been like, not quite devastating, but very upsetting to, to, you know, to lose Stanley Tucci. So you almost appreciate him more. And he went through all of that probably while still working all at the same time. You yeah, know, Ch- I immediately thought of Chadwick Boseman when Vinny told me that it was like two sides of a, of a coin cancer at the same time. One lost one, one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But I did see the uh, trailer for worth and I, I would like to watch it cause I think it's going to be, it looks really interesting. Um, but yeah, it, the the documentaries on Netflix were also really good. They were really good. And that and and 31-year-old Alex, that's how old I am, 31. 31-year-old Alex does feel that pride and I do feel like you know, this is incredibly awful like and you're right, it is still kind of fresh and way more fresh for you, I'm, I suppose, considering where you were geographically compared to myself. I mean, well, I remember getting pulled out of school, but that's because there was a plane that was over us at the time. Do, um, do you know where I was then? You were in Philadelphia? No, I was in Detroit. Oh, shit. Yeah, but, all right, well, for, so I was working overnight. I think it was like a Monday into Tuesday morning. Working overnights, left the station at 5.30, came home, slept for a couple hours, wake up. It's something, well, uh, a friend called me. It's like, you you know, had to have been just 18. Me? Yeah. I was 22. Really? So... The, the powerful things that struck me about it were, one, I was an emotional wreck at that point, and I just didn't know it. Um, the heaviest population of uh, Muslims and Arabic people mm-hmm. outside of the Middle East is Detroit and Dearborn, so mm-hmm. it, was, it was front and present there. My mom was also supposed to fly to visit me the end of that week. That didn't happen. And um, the next night, I also, so 9-11 into September 12th, I was on the air for like, God, 10 hours helping out our night jock, like gather information at this, on this like crude, on these crude internet websites at the time. Like one was like Drudge Report, which was a big thing. And, and like kind of watching in real time, like Twitter, things unfold and who was responsible for this and how they they took flight schools and all that stuff so there's there's powerful parts of it so yeah for, yeah for, I, me, for me i'm sorry it was it was just i mean i thomas was in detroit at, obviously he's from detroit and he said the same thing you know about the population of people that live there and how and that what the dynamic was like before you even knew who had done it you know because everybody was trying to figure it out all at the same time i was not too far away in cleveland but there was a like the this is how you remember things like flight 93 had flew all the way out to Cleveland and was in Cleveland and in our, um, I don't know, area radar. And as soon as that happened, my dad was in my school within 10 minutes and they a knock came on the door and it was like, Alex and buddy, it's time for you to go. Like you're leaving. And I just remember rushing out of school. Like, and that's crazy to think, but that, it, that was exactly what happened. Um, and then, unfortunately, Flight 93 went down in Pennsylvania after they turned around. But, uh, yeah, you just you remember it very clearly. I would assume that you would have been in Philadelphia, which would have been probably a lot scarier for you all and, and your parents, I'm sure. But um, it's just unfortunate and nothing like that. Nothing to that magnitude has happened again in, in any country, I believe. Correct. 
On uh, like the 2,000 deaths? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, it was almost at 3,000. I think it was like upwards of two. And and the weird part, and I, it, I don't know if this is just, obviously it's a memorial, but I have spent time at the 9-11 memorial in New York City and it's just eerie. Like it really is eerie. And I don't know if that was intentional or if it's just that it was like you didn't hear any sirens. You're in the middle of the city and it's silent. Like it's just quiet. You don't hear anything, and it you just hear the water running, and you see the the depth of the where the towers were and how big the memorial is, and it's just it's very eerie. And I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it, it really is a sight to see. Yeah, um, we'll move on. You mentioned uh, Cleveland. It was a yeah. pretty exciting football weekend. <laughs> he didn't Odell Odell was supposed to play and then he didn't play did he get injured again let me tell you something he is the NFL version of Kyrie Irving so wonderfully gifted not always going to play and that's got to be so maddening and you know what I don't even know how much they really needed him because the, the, the punter muffed the punt and it was kind of over from there but good for Cleveland I mean they were supposed they're, yeah. they're predicted to be very good this year um, yeah, and they do it. Kansas City did what they do to everybody. They like they just let you get a lead and then they storm back. But it was a hell of a football game, and Cleveland absolutely belonged on that field yesterday. It's always an interesting dynamic when we play Kansas City, though. Like the the heat in the city is just a lot hotter than any other game because like we're playing the Chiefs, so we're playing Travis Kelsey, who is like a hometown hero to everybody especially like people within my circle so it I, like I had a lot of friends that were in Kansas City because they were out at the game like spending time with Travis but wearing Browns gear I think one of my friends turned into became a meme like wearing a Browns Browns jersey and, and like a sea of chiefs um it, so it was it was really interesting but yeah I, I, like I was gonna say he reminds me of maybe Jalen Rose a little bit and that like he's really good but he's always injured or there's always something that's going on so you can't really count on him that's what I'm talking about right Jalen Rose right he played for the Bulls he did but I don't know if Jalen Rose is here thank you're Derek Rose Derek Rose not Jalen Rose Derek Rose there yeah. you go so I'm not good with my sports references don't judge me and you uh. <laughs> and, and UT scared the hell out of Notre Dame who I have some Notre Dame friends and they told mm-hmm. me that like they're not that good um but they're not that good is probably still like a top 20 level football team not ranked number six like they were but and I suspect that it would be kind of a tight game but good for UT I mean maybe this is their year to win the Mac and yeah. upset somebody in a ball like I I can't I don't know UT's history all that well but I'm guessing if they would have beat Notre Dame even though Notre Dame isn't that good um this would be the biggest that would have been the biggest win in their program's history and it was fun to follow the end of it yeah I didn't I didn't really keep up with the UT stuff just the Browns game um, and obviously the, the kitty down in Miami was, was pretty fun. Oh, you did see that. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. I was really scared though. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to watch? And I can't imagine this poor cat. I think they, I watched the couple that caught the cat interviewed on the news this morning when I was getting ready for work. Apparently when the cat was up there, I don't, they were like, we're not sure if he realized how fucked up he was or like what he got himself into. But they said he was urinating on everyone. Like they're like, he was peeing on people as he was up there. (laughs) It it, it had, I mean, there's so many videos on the internet every day. There's something else that gets a million views, but I (laughs) I hope this goes down into the annals of 
video history because there was nothing about it that wasn't perfect. The fact that, you know, the cat, it's going to be fine. And then it's holding on like a human with its paws and you hear the, oh, and you hear the crowd moving along with it. And then the very end where the guy holds it up Lion King style. Lion King style. Amazing. I need them to do a voiceover like they do for like the NFL voiceovers that they yes. do. or the, I need them to do a sports voiceover for this cat. Um, there's some viral voices that do this on the internet and I need one of them to do it to kind of do a voiceover for what this cat was thinking. But yes, the Lion King moment really got me. I thought the same thing. And, and I guess though the crowd, when the crowd cheered and everybody burst out screaming for the cat, it scared the hell out of it. So it clawed the shit out of people and ran off. But, um, it, it was just, it was great. It was one of, I saw it on your, it was your Instagram and I remember skipping over it. And then it registered in my brain what I saw. And so I went back and I was like, oh, that's a cat. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I didn't notice what was going on at first. I saw somebody tweet out from a, a football writer that I follow. Like, I see amazing things, incredible things every weekend at a football game. But this is unlike anything I've ever seen before. I'm like, uh, the Miami Stadium's full. And I'm like, oh, my God. Um, I think more people saw that on my story than anything I've ever posted before. It was an incredible moment. Um, everything about that was was near perfect. And that cat has about like .001 lives left. Yeah, it's it's done. Like it, it better behave itself from now on. Hopefully it gets adopted. Like after this, like I'm sure there will be some sort of story on like, um, you know, death defying cat <laughs> gets adopted by like, wealthy family and has its own bedroom and whatnot now that would be pretty funny but um yeah i thought that that was great i can't think of anything else other than when i enjoy seeing like cats or dogs run out in the soccer fields or they accidentally get out on a field somewhere and they're running around and people are trying to catch it i right. like those videos too. Or, or other animals like squirrels or something like that did you see though the panthers that um what is it tampa I did see that, the, like the, the 5G, five-dimensional. Yes. There was, I was trying to make a comparison and I couldn't come up with it, but I was, and I was trying to process the video as well, like, do the people at the stadium see this or can you only see it at home? But either way, it's super trippy. It is very cool. The only thing that it reminds me of is the Cavs, their floor. So their, their floor is like... Um, CGI'd or there's some sort of projector on it. So when the Cavs are getting ready to play and like they're, you know, before tip off, they have some show on the floor that leads up to the bit to like the introduction of the teams and the players. And so it reminds me of the same thing. And you'll see it at the beginning of some games where like the holograms and swords. Stuff. Yeah, like a hologram. So I'd be like you and I are thinking the same thing. Like, can people see this? Because this is actually fantastic. The only thing it was missing is they should have had the Panther like do a big roar at the end before it hops off and runs away. Because I thought it was I was very impressed. And they're like, the, is it the Carolina Panthers? Yeah. OK, so I don't really when have I talked about the Carolina Panthers Ever, never, you know, never, never, um, never, never. But this like that just speaks to like regular people like me. I'm like, oh, I want to go to a Carolina game. I want to see that. I want to see the kitty. And I, <laughs> I hope they gave I hope they gave uh, fans like proper warning. You know how you walk into a movie theater mm -hmm. and they're like there are flashing lights. If mm -hmm. you have strokes, you might want to close. Like, I hope they gave people a warning because I'm going to guess like if you could see that in the stadium, like 
you probably shit yourself a little bit or at least drop your beer or popcorn. <laughs> like, where's Godzilla? He's coming next. I just know it. Right. Like, what happens if this thing becomes sentient and then literally starts, like, eviscerating fans in the stadium? <laughs> another step closer to our... that was great. Another step closer to our artificial intelligence overlords. Speaking of which, you and I both, and I did not intend to, but I did by accident, we missed the Renaissance, their art show that was on the building. You're right, we did. We did. It looked fantastic. And apparently it's the largest projected art show on, in the world, in the country. Maybe. Yeah, that's Very the, impressive. That's the thing that I signed this up for that we didn't go to. Sorry. Yes. Yep. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot until I got a text from Ashley. Shout out to Ashley. I love her very much. I literally forgot. I was just like, all right, well, I'm just going to go home and relax. And I'm like, shit, I totally would have went to that. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, don't be. Um, So let's save uh, the wedding gift thing for tomorrow. Um, And uh, yeah, we'll do that then. Just in time because I have a bridal shower to go to on Sunday. And we're like... We're a year and a couple of weeks out from you being able to um, wake up at 5 a.m. and call Glass City Metro Park and be like, give me the pavilion. No, we are just a couple weeks out. What? Like, I can I can officially do it in like two weeks. I thought your thing was in October now. October of next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so thought it was 12 months you, out. They give you 300. They allow you to book 12 months out. So I will be 12 months out in a couple weeks. I know you're counting the seconds. Kind of. It's. I guess it's the only thing that's like making me a little nervous. I did remember. I said I also. I'm gonna make you call too because I'm sure they're tired of me. Maj was telling me that like you just have because you know they had an event there, um, chalk the walk, and she goes, you just have to bug them over and over again. And I'm just like, but what happens if I still don't get a return? Like, <laughs> what what do I do? <laughs> it's it's got to be like everybody, including myself, sometimes trying to get shoes from Nike Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Exactly. Like, I feel like back in the day when everybody listened to radio all the time and you were calling trying to oh, win tickets. Stop <laughs> it's the same thing. I have Dua Lipa tickets every uh, every day this week, just after five I, o'clock. Is she in Detroit? Yes. Little Caesars, February 25th. I enjoy Dua Lipa very much. You know, she's my favorite. Me and Floyd, we should go together. <gasps> he should win us the tickets. He, You can win the tickets. I you're guess not, so. You know you're I, not an employee. You know I love Dua Lipa. She's great. She's great. She, um, she is. All right, so I'll, I'll text you. Oh, I also have to text you something else that I can't say on the podcast. Ooh, is it good? Uh, I think so, yeah. Okay, well, text so, it right now. I want to know. Okay, all right. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.